Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Thursday, Thursday, October the 6th. 2022 what is going on chris phillips here the daily crow of the spurs up show appreciate you all tuning in i see panic ritter stephen borville jr jeff gullidge gad uh chuck todd smith noah johns cody gaskins hunter herlong what is up appreciate you all tuning in also all those in the big cock club discord over the tdc questions channel the tdc questions channel to be sure your questions are answered there, guys, you got a lot to get into here on this Thursday. <laughs> T-Man, Heath, Travi, what is up? What is up? Appreciate you all tuning in. I see y'all are digging the cap today. Um, actually, my first time really rocking this. I bought this a while ago. I'll shout out my guy, too, here on this, uh, on this broadcast. I was supposed to go back to a Braves game or go to a Braves game back in spring or something. And I saw this hat. You see, it's got the World Series patch. It's outlined in the gold. Uh, saw this hat over at Dick's Sporting Goods and thought, you know what? I'll go ahead and snag that because I think we're hitting the Braves game. Unfortunately, we never did. But this bad boy's just been sitting in the closet. And I figured to celebrate the end of the regular season and also the Braves clinching the NL East, I figured why not? I actually had the Beamer Ball hat on like two minutes ago. And right before, I was like, you know what? I'm like, you know what? Why not? Why not? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and throw the uh, the Braves A on the dome. So, shut up, my guy, P-Doc. Uh, sucks to suck if you're a Mets fan, I guess. A- anyways, guys, I do want to hear from you. we got a lot to get into. Obviously, the big news in ass- last night, Will Levis and his status, the Kentucky quarterback. We've all seen the spread. The line has dropped. Kentucky was a 10, 10.5-point favorite or so. Now they are down to a 6-point favorite in this game, courtesy of our friends over at Circa Sports, what does it all mean? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Again, 843-790-3377. Of course, as always, guys, The Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go down the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, courtesy of our friends over at Price Picks. Guys, again, you're betting on games this season whether it be the spread, be totals, what have you. Why not bet on prop plays with our friends at Prize Picks? Again, you can bet on anything. College sports, MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, you name it, they've got it. And guys, there's tons of money to be made. So many of our listeners uh, and fans of the show have made money with our friends at Prize Picks. So again, uh, that is promo code TSUS over at Price picks, download the app or go to pricepicks.com and use that promo code to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls, 843-790-3377. The phone lines are open here on a Thursday, of course, today at 1.15. We've got my good friend J.C. Sherbert joining the show, and I'm really, really excited. Yeah, Jeff points it out, really excited to get his thoughts, his analysis on everything, obviously, with the news. Uh, of Will Levis dropping, you know, what is his status for the game? What's he hearing? 
if Kentucky has to play their backup quarterback, they will turn to a redshirt freshman by the name of Kaya Sharon. I believe that's how you say his name. Kaya Sharon. He has never thrown a pass in college. So, you know what's funny about this, though? And I saw it all over social media. And I already said this on Twitter, but it's funny. Uh, you know, you hear this news, and you would think Gamecock fans would be jumping for joy and be excited and fired up. I've seen more people freaking out that Will Levis isn't going to play. And that just shows you how much this fan base has been beaten, battered, and bruised over the last couple of years or so. I mean, it really is just crazy. But either way, uh, Kentucky's a banged-up football team. I've got South Carolina on the plus 10.5. They now sit as six-point underdogs or or whatever. CBS Sports, somebody said CBS Sports is four and a half. Whatever the total is, whatever it says, uh, the spread has at, or dropped excuse me, a ton in this ballgame. Uh, by the way, guys, let me update tomorrow's schedule because, unfortunately, I think I got a lot of your hopes up for tomorrow. And uh, there's been a change of plan. So, uh, wedding festivities this weekend for yours truly, right? Wasn't exactly sure what the schedule was going to be. We were supposed to play golf tomorrow. That got canceled. And so I thought, okay, I can stay back at home. Uh, I can do the live show 12 to 2. We can do everything as normal. And I'll head down to the rehearsal dinner, all that good stuff. You know, guys, at times, and you know what the, the, the beautiful thing about this is, the fortunate thing, I built this business to a point where I, I can take a day and I can shuffle things around and shift things around. It's why I always tell you guys, you know, the beauty's in the banter and, and, and rolling with the punches, and you guys certainly do that. So with that being said, um, could I do the Daily Crow tomorrow as normal noon to two? Yes. Does my family need my help tomorrow setting up for the wedding and getting everything ready and having the family all together? Yes, they also do. So. Here's what we're going to do for tomorrow. The podcast is going to drop as normal. I'm going to record the podcast. Podcast under the name The Spurs Up Show is going to come out on all channels as normal at 5 a.m. In regards to the Daily Crow, we will most likely, because I don't know what the schedule is for tomorrow, most likely will not air 12 to 2, right? So it's probably going to be very similar to what I was telling you guys what the original plan was. We're either going to do something in the afternoon when time opens up, or or we might do a special TDC after dark tomorrow night, something like 7 to 9 or 8 to 10, or maybe it's only an hour long. But whenever I get time, we're going to do something. So I apologize to those in the TDC Questions channel. A little bit of a false alarm. But, uh, you know, again, man, the, the, the family needs me. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things, man, I think you kind of you, you put things in perspective and it's like, one daily crow or my sister's wedding, right? And 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 it's not even really. See, James says taking the day off. Um, it, I mean, it's not really taking the day off, right? The podcast is going to drop, right? Um, <laughs> so, and we're going to do something. Let me just make that clear. It may not be twelve to two as normal, but we are going to do something. We are going to do something. So. Um, I just don't exactly know what time it's going to be, and we will not be in studio. So, you guys, again, I know y'all rock and roll with the punches. I'll let you know exactly what's going on. Also, we'll get commentary from our good friend Jake Crane. If nothing else, I do want to get some quotes from him on the game. Um, so, really excited because I want to hear his thoughts. I want to hear his thoughts on what he thinks about tomorrow, or excuse me, on Saturday, South Carolina, Kentucky in a pivotal game and a pivotal matchup. So, 
Um, anyways, guys, would love to hear from you. Your thoughts. Do you think it helps South Carolina? I, I don't know how you could say. <clears throat> I don't know how you could say it hurts South Carolina. I really don't. I, I don't know how you could say that. Um, but it's so funny seeing the reaction from people, right, about Will Levis's status and him potentially not playing on Saturday. I, I think Gamecock fans are almost are almost more concerned because now it sits. It, it feels like if you don't get the W, if things go awry and they didn't even play their starting quarterback, then what are you going to say? Right. Let's go ahead. We'll go ahead and jump the phone. Call from. I dig music. <clears throat> I dig music. What's up, man? How are you? Good. Um, hopefully you can hear me. I'm in my truck. I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, I. It's hard to say whether it'll help or hurt. Obviously, you're going to want a quarterback that's never thrown a pass. You know, that makes sense. But when it comes down to what they're going to run, do you think we fare better against your typical pro style offense, under center offense that we've seen in practice all off season and in practice, or do we fare better against having a true freshman quarterback in there who may go back to kind of an old style Kentucky scheme where they're just running it down our throat, the shotgun and, and doing that sort of thing because they don't have a quarterback who could throw. I don't know what I would rather see, you know, to be honest with you with our run defense, I don't know if I'd rather see, Will Levis back there and running a pro-style scheme, or if I'd rather see this young kid in there and just handing the ball to Rodriguez down our throat all game. So it's, it's kind of up in the air. I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what happens with it. You know, it's interesting about you saying that. I think Gamecock fans have just massive PTSD in this game. But, uh, you know, you talk about the traditional Kentucky scheme, and, and I do agree with you, but do you realize Kentucky is dead last in the SEC in rushing yards per game? They're worse than us which is hard to do. So, I don't know if this is the typical Kentucky football team. We just feel like it is until proven otherwise that they're going to be able to run the football and until we stop somebody from running the ball who has a pulse that's not named Charlotte and SC State. So, you know what's interesting about this game, man? <clears throat> Something has to give, right? We don't feel like we can stop the run very effectively, and they have not been able to run the ball very effectively. So, what gives? You know what I mean? I, I, again, I understand the PTSD thing. And listen, I was in Baton Rouge when, when TJ Finley carved us up. And I, I understand the history against backup quarterbacks. But uh, the, to, to insinuate anything other than this helps you is, is kind of crazy, I think. I, I mean, yeah, Will Levis is thought of, you might think he's overrated, but he's a first-rounder. Like, he's thought of universally as a first-rounder versus a guy who's never right, thrown a pass you, in college. So, yeah, I, I'll take my chances with the guy. would you rather – even with a busted hand, even with his left hand busted up, though. You know, it's like, you're. are you getting the full Will Levis versus getting an offense that's just going to, you know, maybe they can't run the ball, but I think they're going to try. I yeah, think they're going to try I, to hand at it. Yes, I would, I would rather face the backup, yes. Yes, I would. Okay. Yeah, a, yeah. Th a okay. thousand a thousand percent yes. Because <laughs> at some point, he will have to throw it. At some point, he will. So, I, yeah, I, I would much rather face the backup. Well, let's hope, let's hope that they kind of stick to the scheme that they run currently and, uh, you know, don't try to, you know, kind of like what we did when we had to play Dak. We kind of went to a, a simpler offense and, and ran the ball a little bit more. I don't know if we fare better against that type of offense or if we fare better against, you know, Will Levis going back and throwing it 30 times 
against our, our corners and stuff. So we'll see, but I'm going to hang up and listen, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. I appreciate the call. I dig music. Always great stuff there. Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I yeah, I'd rather go against the backup for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I would. Um, If you can't, I, and I agree, if you can't stop Rodriguez and Thomas Walker makes the point as well, <clears throat> if you can't stop Rodriguez, none of it matters. Doesn't matter who's the quarterback, but you'd like to think at some point they're going to have to throw, and, and, I'd, and I'd much rather be going up against the backup. Yeah, for sure. And I, I see Austin Greer commenting he's not a first-rounder. Well, Austin, there's many folk who would disagree with you that cover football for a living. So I, I don't know what to tell you, my guy. I don't know what to tell you. You got folks on telecast talking about he's the number one overall pick, and he's been projected that. And So I don't know, Austin. It's your word versus theirs. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. He says Kentucky's laughing at South Carolina fans right now. They have us panicked. I mean, they 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 own us of late, he so why wouldn't they be laughing at us? I mean, listen, I'm I'm not saying the analysts are always right. I'm just saying would I rather face Will Levis, who's an NFL player, or gonna be one, or this backup that's never thrown a pass before? I mean, I, I, that's that feels like an insane question. That just feels like an insane question. Would you not agree? That feels like a crazy question. I, you know. Cody Gaskins, do you receive or kick to start? Uh, kick. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Living life, bro. I like so. I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Just wanted to see what your perspective is on the uh, points drop on the spread and the the rumors out there that Levis might have an injury. What was it, a shoulder or something? They're the rumors. I've heard ankle. Hear man. I, I don't. We'll, we'll get ankle? more from JC Sherbert later because I think he's probably heard a lot. But uh, yeah, I've heard ankle. I, I don't really know something outside of the finger. Um, I mean, listen, it's a it's a big blow for Kentucky if that's the case. I, I understand that you know what their their identity is, but you look at Kentucky's numbers this year and they're dead last in the conference in Russia. So they've been leaning. Yeah. 86 yards per game. They've been leaning on Levis this season. So, I mean, you know, it's crazy. You look at the numbers for Kentucky. They're not very good. They're not very good. Um, but they've been leaning on Levis. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the last caller just asked me, would I rather go up against, you know, Levis or, or, or the, and it's crazy, man. I mean, it really goes to show just how, how deep the scar tissue is for this fan base when they're like, they're literally, literally shitting a brick that a backup's going to start instead of Will Levis, a backup that has never nah. thrown a pass in college. So who would I rather have start? Yeah, I'd rather face the backup. Yes, I'd rather face the Absolutely. backup. Yeah, no no kidding. So, and I think that's the reason. I mean, I think your starting quarterback's worth four or five points in a game and, you know, in regards to, to Vegas standards. And so I think that's why you've obviously seen it drop. I mean, I've seen Circa Sports who I use every week at six. Somebody said CBS Sports yep. at four and a half, whatever it's at. I mean, it's dropped immensely. So, but I, I will tell you this, yep. you know, I, I confidently on the Wednesday show on yesterday's podcast said plus 10 and a half, you know, it starts getting around four, four and a half. It's a little bit scary because it, it feels like Vegas is begging you to take South Carolina. This is such an intriguing game, man, because I, I, I really do. I know a lot of, a lot of Gamecock folks right now are, are down and out, and the entire narrative is negative. You know, it's funny. Some people think I'm negative, but, God, I, I don't hold a candle to some of these slap dicks on Facebook and some of these slap dicks in the comments. Mm-hmm. It is – I mean, it is wild, some of the things I see some people saying. But, uh, 
you know, I, I I truly think it's a coin flip game. I think it's so intriguing because I really do believe it can go either way. And I, and I know the Gamecocks history on the road. I know the Gamecocks history against Kentucky. But you look at the numbers, man. I, 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 all of a sudden, I don't think Kentucky's going to turn into some juggernaut overnight. At least you hope not. Hopefully we don't assist in that. But uh, we're going to learn a lot about both sides, man. But, you know, you ask me, would I rather face Will Levis with a backup? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather face the backup. Yeah, man. yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, I think that's why you're seeing the huge point spread drop is because I think it's more likely than not that Will Levis will not play because Vegas isn't stupid. They're not going to play themselves out of money. So, um, yeah, I, I think they that's why you're seeing it. They didn't casinos out of making wrong decisions. Right, 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 for sure. So, <laughs> uh, Real quick. I think the rushing numbers are a little skewed for them, though, because Rodriguez – was that not Rodriguez? That was his first game back, right? That was. That was Am his I first wrong? game of the season, yes. Okay. And he ran it down our effing throats last year. So, that that does have me a little worried. But, dude, if he doesn't – if Levis doesn't start, I'm feeling real good about that game. I'm feeling real – you know what I mean? Like, if it's yeah. that back that walks out there, that, that, that's, that's – I'm, I'm feeling really good. Well, it'll become it'll become even more inexcusable if you lose. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I just I don't want to think I don't want to think of a of a scenario. You know, Will Levis not playing uh, doesn't help our offense any. So you know, we still got to go out there and score. But yeah, I mean, certainly, man, you you certainly you think that uh, if he can't go, it's it's a huge factor in the game. But in like in my mind, over the years, Kentucky has beaten us. 90% of the time with the guys up front and running the ball. And that's really what I'm the most worried about. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, Levis is a really good quarterback. Um, but I'm not as worried about the pass game. as Are we going to be able to stop that run? You know what I mean? Like, that's really going to be the key to that game. Man. I mean, we finally stop it. But, yeah. anyway. Gotta, gotta, yeah, uh, that, that's, that's the key. Chris Rodriguez. I was just going to leave you with this. Chris Rodriguez in his career against South Carolina has averaged 7.6 yards per carry against the Gamecocks. So, yeah, you got to stop him. I don't know. Got to stop. Yep. <laughs> I believe it. All right, brother. I'm going to jump off here, brother. Later. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Will from Dirty Myrtle. Hey, we had a uh, somebody trying to call in from Blacksburg, man. They called in like four different times. If you want to try to call back in, man, you're more than welcome. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, my guy Chase in the TDC Questions channel says 2.9 yards per carry. will bump it to five and a half, knowing our luck and how bad we've been at stopping it. Sucks to suck. Yeah, <laughs> Craig, somebody does want to talk for sure. I don't know. He must have something to say. I don't know. But, uh I mean, I mean, listen, man, I, I, I get keeping things a buck and realistic, but uh, – and, and, and Traffic, to your point, man, I mean, listen, we have not stopped the run. We haven't, right? We have – you know, we've given up, what, 200 or something to – we've given up 200-plus to Georgia State, Arkansas, and Georgia. Obviously, you had better games against Charlotte and SC State. I understand South Carolina has to show us all they can, they can play a competent opponent and stop the run effectively enough to win. Um, with that being said, though, I still do see this being a toss-up type of game. I, I, I really do. I, I, Guys, if Kentucky, again, going back to the original spread of 10.5, if Kentucky covers the 10.5, you think you don't like me now. You, you, you really do. Some of you think you don't like me now, right? But you will find out very quickly, very quickly, right? Very quickly. I just – it will be unacceptable, bottom line. And now with the news of the the backup quarterback probably getting the start, you know, it's going to be uh, unlikely, I guess you could say. Or maybe it's a, a huge smoke screen by Mark Stoops and 
it's gamesmanship, and if it is, then I guess you just, you know, say it's a it's a hell of a play. But, uh, you know, stopping the run is going to be the key. Stopping the run is going to be the key. Um, it really does come down to to that. So, if you can't stop the run, none of the other stuff really matters. Um, so, none of the other stuff really matters. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-337. The whole line's here. P-Dalt, what's up, my friend? How are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Do you know who just called in immediately after you? You know who you cut off? Robbie Davis. You, you just you, you, t- you took his spot. Oh, uh, man. I bet, I, bet, I bet the viewers hate <laughs> the, that. The, P- the P-Dalt-Robbie Davis feud continues. Oh man, I bet. I'm sorry. I apologize to all the viewers out there that tune in every day to his cause. And I'm wearing the Braves hat today. I know you got to be. I know you got to be fuming today, my guy. Hey, hey, man. Second, I'm. I'm be honest with you. I was like really sad when they swept us um, in the ESPN series. But um, the last series of the year. But, but. I kept perspective because this is the second best program. I mean, second best season in franchise history. So crazy to win. Crazy to win 101 games and not win the division. I mean, that really is wild. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, bro, the Braves played at a 71 winning percentage rate from the start of June to the end of the year. The Mets didn't blow anything. The Braves just, you know, kicked ass up from that point on and never slowed up. I mean, I really can't – I really ain't upset about it anymore, especially – I mean, we ended up with the same record, yeah. Yeah, if we took one, we'd be we'd be division champs. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't really care. We get playoff baseball. Tomorrow, right? Is it, but, is it, is it immediately starts? Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, it's going to be locked in. every day, too. ESPN every day. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm watch uh, – well, actually, no, I'm going to watch Carolina and, and uh, the Mets at the same time on Saturday. But uh, I'm calling in. Because I don't know if anybody's mentioned it yet. Uh, it probably has. I haven't been able to tune in. I'm on my lunch break right now. Um, the only reason I'm optimistic, and it's not that Kentucky's quarterback is out. Mm-hmm. Or it's not that their backup quarterback's starting. That's not the reason I'm optimistic. The reason I'm optimistic is because we played on Thursday. So what does that give us? A mini bye week. Did you hear the second part of that? Bye week. Bye week set. By week Satterfield turns into Spurrier 2.0. All right. Fat, fat can't get his head out of his butt at any other time. But, hey, you give that man more than seven days to prepare, shoot, it's game over. All right, so I'm being really optimistic about that. And it's not – it's got nothing to do with their backup quarterback. It's just by week sat, baby. You know, let's ride. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that, hey, that's fair. We've seen Satterfield with more time. With more time, he uh, yeah, hey, 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 you know. shoot, hey, you really want to cook? Give that man a month in between games, like for yeah, the belt ball. Yeah, if only, if only you we really had, a, want to see. <laughs> if only we had a month in between games, that'd be great. Hey, yeah, since since, yeah, since Kentucky's but, uh, quarterbacks out, maybe we should start Dak Joiner at QB. We'll just really make it a crazy night in uh, lessons, and we'll just. Hi, hi, Riker, hi, Riker, Oh, but yeah, I was just calling to drop in that little nugget of positivity. You know, I, I get. I get perceived as, you know, the most negative person on the planet when it comes to Gamecock football. Second, but I, I pro- probably, sec- probably second most negative to me, but it's all good. Uh, what, what about yeah, bye week? What I, about I, bye week Clayton White? 
that I was just about to say that. All right. People, somebody told me that Kentucky averages the least yards per carry in the SEC this year. They are averaging the least uh, rushing yards per game for sure. I know that 86 yards per game is what, where they sit. Oh, yeah. Um, you see, the only issue is what are we in rush defense? Right. So, I mean, something's got to give. Something's got to give. We're like, we're like last, aren't we? We're 13th. Yeah, I mean, so, like and I said, so, something. Yeah, something's got to give, no doubt. Something has to give. Yeah, yeah. They're they're about to have a mid off. Those two groups, they're about to have a mid off. The battle of mid. Oh man! So yeah, somebody they were talking about that yesterday. I was like, dude, every time we play Kentucky, you know that they just lean on us and lean on us, and it's mm-hmm. never a blowout. They just lean on us and lean on us. Keep it a one score game, two o'clock. And then by the next time we look up, there's 50 seconds left in the fourth, and we're down to touchdown. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of – I think that's where a lot of the the feelings on this game are coming from. Like, if you – if there was a way where you able to just look at this game from the scope of just this year in this game, I think the outlook's a lot different, but it's because of the history. I mean, you, and which you just can't ignore, right? But it's when you factor it's like in a, it's the like history a, and you factor in how bad we've been on the road, and it's like those things, those things point to yeah. a not successful night Saturday. And it's like, and it's like Clemson, you know, you got to get the monkey off your back. <laughs> or AM, AM. It's yeah. just a monkey on your back that whenever, whenever you put line up against these teams, they bring their A game and you bring about, you know, your C, C minus game and you don't bring energy. So you got to find a way to just get through that. And yeah. the only tip I would give, this is going to sound like a, a Booger Davis tip, but the only tip I would give is play better. Like like Buck, uh, like Buck Showalter said, play better. Now, if but South yeah, Carolina stops the run of, and they score more points than Kentucky, oh they God. will win the football game. <laughs> we want to stop run and run the ball. All right. Well, <laughs> let's look. Arkansas, Georgia. Oh, but hey, hey, Charlotte, SC State, you know, that was that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool two weeks. <laughs> but anyways, I just want to come in and drop that little nugget of positivity. Um, my my nugget of negativity is um, I need Clayton White to call four quarters, and I need the defensive tackles. The ends haven't been really bad this year, except for um, when Strong went down. You know, Edmonds not not great, but. Birch has actually been really – every time I've seen Birch and, and paid attention to him, he's actually been very fine this year. It's just the interior, the, 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 the no tackles and defensive tackles are just – none of them were in a double team. And they always just get leaned on and pushed back. Got to change this weekend, man. None of them want Yep, got to change this weekend. And then everybody, everybody – all the Gamecock Nation wants to come sprinting to Zach Pickens' defense. And Zach Pickens is soft. I'm sorry. He's soft. And MJ Webb – MJ Webb's – harder than Zach Piggins, but MJ Webb's just horrible. You know, he's been here since the South Florida Bowl game. Like, if you ain't figured it out now, then when are you going to figure it out? But, yeah, I just need some answers on the interior D-line, and I need Clayton White to call four quarters, and by week, Satterfield has me a little bit more optimistic than I like to be. Mm. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, baby. P-Doc, I appreciate it, my guy. Pleasure talking with you. Sorry yeah, if I went on a little boogie. No, baseball. no. You're, you're, hey, by the way, one last thing before you go, just because you asked. Kentucky, 14th in the SEC, rushing yards per game, 86.8. South Carolina, 13th in rush defense, 185.4 yards per game. Do with that information oh, what you it's will. It's not even a battle. 
It's not even a battle of the mid. It's a battle of the ass. Nobody's a bigger Marcus Satterfield fan than Clayton White. Just saying. Yeah. All right. I'll let you later. All right, p Appreciate you, my guy. Hey, great stuff from p And, I, you know, again, I, I've talked about that a little bit this week, but you look at this game, guys. Something's got to give. Something has got to give. Kentucky dead last in rushing yards per game, which feels so weird to say, but they are. 86.8 yards per carry. Yards per carry. Yards per game. See, I messed that up. Let's turn to the whole line. Call here. from Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. The Zaxby's Hall of Famer, Robbie Davis. What's up, man? What's the big idea of P-Doc picking me? Was P-Doc picking at me? I don't know, Robbie. Everybody picks at you, ma'am. <laughs> it's all right. P-Doc, all I'll say is you're lucky we're friends, and I love you like a brother. Seriously. Okay. Because I don't let just anybody pick at me, okay? <laughs> you got to, like, be my friends in order to pick at me. So, I can I can handle it from you and P-Doc. But anyone else? Uh-uh. That's a no-fly zone. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, if, if, if this is the case that Kentucky is starting a freshman, okay, Saturday night, if that really is legit and it ain't, and, it, and they're not just blowing smoke in our faces and then all of a sudden Will Levis is starting Saturday, okay? But if that freshman is starting Saturday night, if I was Clayton White, I would do everything within my power to stop the run and force that freshman to make a decision and force him, force, force Kentucky to pass it. I absolutely would sell out to stop the run and force that force that freshman to pass the ball yeah. and make a decision. And eventually, that freshman is going to make a mistake, and we're going we're going to cause a couple of turnovers. I mean, I think even if Levis was playing, my guy, I think I think that should be the plan, the plan of attack. I, I think you need to. I mean, that would be the plan regardless. But I'm just saying, especially with a freshman in there. I, I'll ask you this, Robbie, and I'll ask everybody this. Make him uncomfortable. I, I'll ask you this, and I'll ask everybody this. As I was talking right before you called in, Kentucky – or excuse me, yeah, Kentucky is dead last in rushing offense. You're 13th in rushing defense. So, something's got to give. What uh-huh. do you trust more to give? Kentucky's rush offense or our what rush defense? I, that's 
That's I think the question. <laughs> what like what 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 who who would you bet on to have their breakout game? Uh, well, history says take Kentucky. So if I had if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but I would probably take Kentucky. Which is fair. I mean, I think so, most folks probably would. I mean, I, I just I, you know, <laughs> wanted, wanted to pose that question to you. Oh no, and and I I I, I got and I and and I gave you an honest 100 percent no BS answer. I if I was a betting man, I would take Kentucky to basically run it down our throats because history says that's what they're going to do mm-hmm. is run it down our throats and force. Cetus Rodriguez, whether we want him or not. But if we can somehow make that freshman QB uncomfortable and make him to make it make it to where it is an obvious no BS passing down, and we know a pass is coming, I would tell one of my linebackers. Go hit him, and I would tell my I would tell my secondary, you do not let a, a person with a with a Kentucky helmet pass you, and we're going to make sure that he gets popped every time he's back there, because he's a freshman. Okay, he's never experienced a, a, a game a game environment yet, as far as I know. Okay, so I would be like, hit him, okay? Because if you hit him enough, he's going to make a mistake and be always get happy feet back there and, and, and do something stupid. And I, and, I, and I truly think that we are going to probably get a turnover or two that could swing the game and we will wind up I still, I still think we'll lose thirty-one to twenty-eight, but it'll be, much, it'll be uh, much closer if stuff like that happens. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's interesting, Robbie. Like, like I, uh, you know, I was just talking to P. Mod about it. But I, I'm a little conflicted about this game, just in the sense of if you look at this game from a tunnel vision mm-hmm. type perspective. Like if you, if you tunnel vision this game mm-hmm. and, you, and you block out the history and, and you block out the, the uh, yeah. you know, all of the negative numbers, I guess, and trends. Like if you just look at this game and, and the numbers of this season, and like it doesn't, I mean, that, I look at, like it's truly a toss-up game. Like this looks like one Carolina should be able to win. And you want to believe they'll be mm-hmm. able to win. But you can't not right. pay attention to the history and the numbers and the trends because right. those things help us determine what's going to happen in each game. And so mm-hmm. South Carolina very well could win this game. Like I, I, I genuinely sit here right now. I'm not lying. I, I'm not lying. I genuinely sit here right now. I'll be recording tomorrow's podcast this afternoon, and I don't know what my prediction is yet. I, I, I really don't. I know it's. I know I'm going to pick a close game. But, yeah. you know, Cody Gaskins is someone who comments in our, in our Big Cock Club Discord. Shout out to Cody. And, and Cody is known Cody. for – Cody's known for being a little on the conservative side of predictions. That's putting it pretty kindly. I think Cody right now is locked in for a 4-8 and eight finish on this season. So, to say that his, uh, 
his expectations are low is putting it kindly. But I almost look at Cody and I'm like, you know, he, he, he talked about the game this morning and keeping extremely low expectations. And I'm like, that's probably the best means of operation when it comes to Carolina football. Because if you look at – and this is, this, is the, this is the viewpoint of a jaded Gamecock fan. You look at the last five, six, seven years, how many times has Carolina gone out and surprised us in a positive manner? Versus how many times has Carolina gone out and let us down? They have let us down immensely more than they've surprised mm-hmm. us in a positive manner. <laughs> so may- so maybe you're down. better off keeping the expectations low. Now, granted, it's much easier yeah. said than done. And I know many of us don't, you know, we don't live life that way. But uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I really want to believe Carolina can win this football game in the numbers. And you look at the backup quarterback situation, yeah. you know, but – it's it's like you just you need to see it's like Pete Alk was saying getting that monkey off your back and you just need to see Carolina do it you just need to see them go on the road and play well I mean we have not beaten a top right. fifteen team on the road at night since 2013 last time we beat a top fifteen team Good on the road Lord, it's been was, that long was Georgia in 2019 we've lost eight straight road games in SEC play one in seven against the spread in those eight so we have played horrifically on the road. A quality fo- – I've said this all week. A quality football team will beat Kentucky. I just don't know that yeah. we're a quality football team. I don't really know what to think of us at this point. Honest – and like I said yesterday, right, Kentucky went into the – or or Florida played Kentucky, what was it, last week or two weeks ago, and they beat Kentucky. I was not expecting Florida to beat Kentucky. I honestly thought Kentucky was going to beat Florida in the swamp. Whenever I saw the final score of that game, I was in shock. And like you just said, South Carolina football has let us down more times than not, but yet we keep showing up every seven Saturdays out of the year, going to seven, going to seven home games, or some, and some people go to all all the games, including the away games. Okay, and like I've heard you say this before, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Okay, that is the definition of insanity. All right, I just want to see us play with our hair on fire and beat. Kentucky's ass. For once, go into a game and beat somebody's ass. That's not South Carolina State, and that's not Charlotte. Beat, go into this game and beat Kentucky's ass. Beat a conference team's ass. Did I pick us to lose by three? Yeah. But am I going to wake up Saturday morning hoping and praying that we beat Kentucky's ass? Yeah, I am. Is it probably going to happen now? I don't know. We don't know anything about this freshman. All we know is he's a freshman. That's all we know, Chris. 
That's all we he's know. A freshman, and he's never thrown a pass in college at all. That's all we know. That's all we know. Robbie, I appreciate – yeah, playing. I was going to say I appreciate you calling him. I don't We're, know who Clemson's playing Saturday, but to hell with Clemson. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And who, who, really, who really gives a damn either way? Oh, Boston College. Boston College. Boston Braves, College. Boston College. They, they got Boston College. Go Braves. And go Braves. Doggone it. And go Braves. Keep a chopping. Go Braves. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend, and you stay safe. And uh, have a good one. Robbie, I appreciate you, my guy. Always a pleasure. Great stuff. Going to try to squeeze in a couple more calls, guys, before we get into J.C. Sherbert's conversation at 115 I saw some of you asking yes JC will indeed <clears throat> excuse me join us uh he is actually up in Kentucky on the bourbon trail but he's going to take time to talk Gamecocks in Kentucky with us we'll get him in and out probably about 20 30 minutes or so whatever kind of the norm but uh, excited to get JC's perspective on the game and just his overall thoughts guys on that note hey let's go ahead and knock out this break. we'll jump into this call call from John Edwards John Edward, what's up, man? How are you? Good. Uh, yeah, side note, it's really been slow at work, I guess you could say. But, you know, I've been getting off a lot. It was late, but that's beside the point. So I thought calling because I'm already home. Um, I, I, I was listening to you on my way home, actually. And I heard you say some people in the fan base are like, I guess you could say, I think you said scared that it's possible that Levis could not play on Saturday. I was going to say about that. I'm, I'm just the kind of guy that, like, until let's let's just get this straight for everybody. And then we hear officially Saturday, or let's say tomorrow or Saturday, until we hear officially he is out. I mean, it, he's not listed as doubtful; he's listed as questionable. And I guess I'm the kind of guy that, like, until we hear he's out, I, you can't, I guess, assume he's not gonna play. So you, you think it's a you play. think it's a smoke screen by Mark Sto- Mark Stoops then? Probably fifty fifties, I guess. I mean, I I don't think I'm scored like some people are that you know don't think Lev is is it going to play, but it's just like I I don't want to like assume he's not going to until you hear Lev isn't going to play, and I mean I like you said I'd rather face the backup too, and I think. I wonder there's some people in the fan base that, like, you know, if you beat Kentucky on Saturday, if he doesn't play, it's like, is there, like, an asterisk next to it? But I think at this point, I'm like, why would this fan base not take a win over Kentucky with a with either way if Levis plays or not? Like, take it either way. Yeah. I, I'll just – I will say this, uh, John Edward, to, to the point of Levis. I don't think Vegas would drop the line as much as they did mm-hmm. if they felt confident he was indeed going to play. Or at yeah, least play and be healthy. He might play, but I think it's obvious he's, might, he's, might not not, he's not going to be 100% Will Levis. Yeah, I didn't notice anything against Ole Miss where he, you know, got hurt not the finger because I was actually out running there in Saturday the beginning of that game on Saturday when they played Ole Miss and I got home and I saw a picture of my dad told me he dislocated his finger. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't notice anything the rest of the game that he got hit or maybe he got hit on that final play when he fumbled. I don't know. I didn't notice anything, but hey, I'm, I'm like I said, I, I just want to like, like I said, I'd rather play whoever this 
backup is, but um, and uh, obviously me, I'll I'll wait and see if I mean it, it might be a smoke screen by stupid, it might not, but I just don't want to like, you know, I don't want to assume anything today and be like, oh, he comes outside, he's gonna play. Right. That's just me. So I mean, I'll take it. I'll take a win over Kentucky even if he doesn't play. Trust me, I have a sick of losing to them. I'll take it. Yeah. If he doesn't play. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I saw some people complaining like, well, you know, if we beat them, they're, they're going to say this about the win. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I just want to win. Me either. Me either. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Me so, either. It's, uh, so yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll take it if he doesn't play. But um. Yeah. One quick thing. I'll, I'll jump off and there probably other people and call them before JC calls in. Um. I uh, hope you have a great wedding weekend. And actually, tomorrow, I'm not going into work because my boss told me I don't have to come into work tomorrow. It's nothing health-wise or anything, but he told me you don't have to come in tomorrow because I told her, hey, I'm going to Greensboro tomorrow afternoon for the – I know some people probably don't care about the convention anyway. I'm going to Greensboro tomorrow with my grandfather for the Celtics Hornets preseason game. Okay, very good. That's what's up. I forgot so, NBA's game. Yeah, and God, then, it's crazy. I know. It's like you got all these things overlapping. It's crazy, and the Braves don't play till Tuesday. So, I guess college football and NASCAR will have much more tension this weekend. And, I mean, we, Braves don't play till Tuesday, which that was incredible. Win the division again. And, uh, you were going to beat Hawkeye hard time. But, <laughs> um, it just felt good to win the division again. I'll say that. It did. It did. It did indeed. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, like, yeah. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. I'll get out of here. Um, I, you probably don't follow as closely as I do. I don't follow. I follow the whole season. Well, a lot of people don't. But let me ask you this: just from a glimpse, do you think we're better than last year's World Series team? I mean, I, like you said, man, I I don't follow it on a day in day out basis. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, um, yeah. I, I I couldn't give you a a fantastic answer. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. So I. Sure, I, I guess. No, yeah, are, I, guess I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a different team. No Freeman, but Acuna's healthy. So, also no Albies. Yeah, I felt so good. So, yeah. uh, I'll say about Ronald real quick, and I'll get off. I felt so happy for him. He caught the ball the other night to come to the division, and someone pointed out on the TV broadcast that that Ronald Acuna's junior season last year ended on that field last year with the ACL, and then this year he gets to catch the out. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Life comes full so, yeah, circle, um, indeed. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, good for him, and I'm happy for the kid, and I think next year will be 100%. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with, um, even if, you know, I'll go back to Levis real quick. Even if he plays or not, I think I'm going to stick with, you know, us winning the game if he plays or not. I mean, you got to stop the run, period. Yeah. Because I don't think the receivers are as good as last year. So, I, I mean, I don't know that's coming far, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't think the receivers are good as last year for them, so. You got to stop, Rodriguez, first. Indeed. John Edward, I appreciate the call, my guy. Yeah. Really, really good oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, no problem, but right, see you. Yeah, man, we'll talk soon. Great stuff. Guys, again, we've got J.C. Sherbert coming up at 1.15. In the meantime, we are going to jump into a quick break. But on the other side, I want to continue to hear from you, more your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side of the break, you're tuned in to the Daily Crush. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 
3377. That's 8437903377. Again, we got JC Sherbert upcoming in about 20 minutes or so. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you, your questions, your comments, and your calls. What are your guys' thoughts on the game this Saturday? And guys, again, of course, friend of the show, Michael Bratton, does a fantastic job, SEC Mike. Uh, he's dropped some statistics leading into every SEC game this season. <clears throat> and as I told you guys, Saturday night in Lexington, something's got to give. Kentucky ranks 14th in the conference in rushing yards per game, averaging 86.8. On the flip side, the Gamecocks, 13th in the SEC in rushing defense, allowing 185.4 yards per game. What gives? What gives on Saturday night? Who has their quote-unquote breakout game of the season? Who steps up to the challenge? Will it be the Kentucky offense or the South? Let's jump to the bowl lines. John, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good. I just have one quick question, then I'll hang up. I just want to hear your answer. If this year's team, this year's football team, played last year's football team, what would your score be? Uh, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. If this year's team played last year's team, we talk about the battle of mid. Now, that is the battle of mid right there. Now, um, that's a great question. Man, that, that is a really tough one. Can you imagine Marcus Satterfield against Marcus Satterfield? Just, just a, just a, the stadium would like melt pretty much. I would say, I think this year's team would beat last year's team. I, I believe it or not, I do. I do. I, I don't allow one Mayo Bowl to, 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 you, you have to recall last year's team. You do. You have to recall last year's team and, just how porous they looked at times. I mean, really, truly. I think it'd be a damn close game because it's, it, it's the tough thing is it's like it's it's practically the same teams. They're they're practically the same except a couple of guys. So give me this year's team by a field goal. No, give give me give me this year's team in a seven to six slugfest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm -mm. Anyways, guys, I just I, I think it's interesting when you look at the the strengths and weaknesses in this game, and and just like I said, what gives Kentucky the worst team in the SEC in rushing offense, and you're 13th in rushing defense. What gives? Somebody's going to break through. Somebody's going to have a good night, right? The the numbers. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? So, let's see. I see my guy Craig Phillips commenting on uh, Colton Gothier's Instagram post. I'm not getting on the Daily Crow. Craig, I hate to tell you, my guy, that ain't that ain't gonna happen. I, that 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 certainly ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna just leave it at that. Uh, let's see. Luke RJ said one more thing before I get out of here, Chris, and then he didn't say anything. So I don't know what that one more thing was from Luke RJ. Greg Bedinger says. Previous caller right about the offense. We kind of know what we got and what we will score. 
if the D can stop them any, we will have a chance. Do we know what we have and what we'll score, Greg? Do we, do we know for sure? I, I don't feel like I know. Cavassier Smoke is out. Is that correct? Cavassier Smoke? I heard he was questionable, so that, that would not surprise me. They're banged up, man. Kentucky's banged up. Kentucky is very banged up. Yeah, Kentucky's very, I mean, it's, it's, it's. And I understand, Courtney, that Rodriguez has been out, but still, it is shocking to see Kentucky dead last in rushing. It, it's still shocking. I don't care, I don't care who's been out, what have you, but it, it's shocking to see. I mean, again, I, I, I feel like, and, and I'm someone, again, I, I, keep it as, I keep it as real, I keep it as a buck as, as, as anybody, if not more so, I feel like. The mood of this fan base going into this game is, is pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to win, guys. But, but I tell you, to, to, if this football team lose, if, if Kentucky covers that 10 and a half they are originally favored by, I just, I don't even want to fathom it. I don't even want to fathom it. So, I mean, there's, there, listen, there's a lot of numbers that go against South Carolina. The odds don't play in your favor in a lot of instances, but then you look at this game and, and, and their injury situation. And you look at the numbers and, Michael says, no excuses this week. You've had more time to prepare for this team. If we don't see continued improvement and ultimately a win, it's going to be a long two weeks. Michael, <laughs> well said, and it's going to be, you are correct, my guy. If, if Carolina goes out there and lays an egg, looks putrid against Kentucky, I mean, it's going to be a really brutal two weeks. Really brutal. And again, I will approach this thing, and I, I, you know, we'll, we'll cross the bridge when we get to it, but I will approach this thing on Monday, and we're going to have a real honest convo. A real honest convo about this football program. So... Brendan Hyder, I can tell you're you're high on the football team. Hot dog water. <laughs> Again, guys, J.C. Sherbert going to join us in 15 minutes. We have jumped into our second hour here on TDC. Appreciate you guys. Also, the podcast will drop tomorrow. Full breakdown of the Gamecocks game in Lexington. We will talk top storylines, key matchups, keys to the game. I'll lock in my prediction as well. Our good friends over at Saturday Down South, Keith Farner, has dropped his prediction. Let's see what he's got. Let's see. Get this. Under Shane Beamer, the Gamecocks are 0-4 against ranked teams 
and have been outscored 176 to 64 in those ballgames. And I think, you know what, like, you hear that stat. I think that's why people are frustrated. Because anytime we play a team that's worth a damn, we don't just lose. We get our brains beat in. Saturday down south, picking Kentucky to win this football game 30-17, to 17, which is not an unfair pick, but that is their pick. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Chase Floyd. Chase, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, out here working. Uh, I'm, I don't know how good um, service I might have, so I'm going to try to be real quick. And like some of these callers that tell you they're going to be quick four times before they finally hang up. Uh, I just wanted to give a prediction. I was going to wait till tomorrow, mm-hmm. but with this Will Levis news, uh, I was going to go ahead and get it in because I know everybody's uh, kind of on their edge of their seat with this information and different ways, point of views. Uh, originally, I had thirty-one twenty um, Kentucky, uh, just because I, you know, like I told you last week, with last two weeks being reps for this week, it's a big game, and. Uh, for us to go out there and prove all all of us fans that um, you know we can do something on offense and stop somebody on defense but with the Will Levis news I still see it being like a 28-24 Kentucky game just because when I look back last year Will Levis didn't beat us uh, we didn't capitalize on turnovers and Chris Rodriguez smashed us in the mouth i know that they're like i said in the discord 2.9 yards a game and you're echoing the last in the league at rushing but we'll make them look like all americans just because we always have and i want to be wrong Uh, if anybody's listening to me i want to be wrong but like you said and other people we've been jaded i've lost too much money over the years on on us so Prove me wrong, because tomorrow or, Friday or Saturday when I wake up, I want to be wrong, and I'm going to be yelling go Cox the whole time until the game's over, because uh, I want to be wrong. But show me something. Um, I just don't see – and I just don't see – it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. We've, we haven't stopped anybody at run running the ball. Out, uh, that's been a decent competition game for us outside of, you know, the cupcakes. Uh, <clears throat> so – it's time to put up and shut up on both sides of the ball. Uh, you have every opportunity to be better and to win this game. Uh, defense has to step up in a big way uh, because I do feel better with Levis not being back there, but he wasn't the issue last year. I, don't, I, I was at that game, and I, I was trying to pull up stats, but I am working to try to see what he did last year. I don't remember any off the top you know, catches or anything. I, I don't know if you recall. I know they beat us with rushing and field goals. Mm-hmm. We uh, like long field goals. And so I think it'll be tight. And we'll just see what happens. And if, in my, in my opinion, of what last, te- uh, last year's team versus this year's team, I don't know, man. It would be a 7 6 ball game. But I feel like last year our defense had a, a, a lucky wishbone up its ass to where we could get, we got so many turnovers. To where I might give them the edge in that department, and that'd be the seven six difference. All right, buddy, have a good day, and uh, everybody listening, if you haven't already joined the Discord, Nick Club, that's where it's at. 
All right, man. Have a good day. Chase, you're the man. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. 28 to 24, what he's got now with uh, with Levis being out. My guy John Rice asked, what's the deal with Gauthier? No, it, no deal with Gauthier. I'm just saying, like, people that are currently on the team are, are not going to come on the Daily Crow, John. It, it's nothing. I mean, we've had Colton Gauthier on the show. I'm just saying, like, people that are currently on the team, that's, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> they're not going to come on the Daily Crow, man. Anybody who's currently on the roster, their their USC would would never allow it. So, no, we're good. We're good, but, you know. Let's see. Yeah. Anyways, I, I think a lot of Chase's comments are valid. And, you know, he talked about being a jaded Gamecock fan. Cartwright said, I wonder why. Uh, because they don't like that. Tell the truth, Cartwright. They, they don't. They don't. They don't favor that. They don't like that. Um, and, and you know, here's the thing, though. I had opportunities to get a couple of the current guys on the roster on for interviews over the summer, and within IL, they wanted to charge. And some of the rates I was hearing five hundred dollars for fifteen minutes. I, I I would never. I would never because even you know I, I'd love to have I'd love to have Shane Beamer on the show just because it'd be a cool thing, right? And it would help spread the message of what he wants to do and and Gamecocks football and all that. But, guys, building, I, I don't – he can't bullshit answers aren't going to do much for, for my business. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Chris? It's Trav. What's up, man? How are hey, you? got a couple yeah. quick things. Doing good. Got a couple quick things, and I'll make it quick. Yeah. I know we got JC coming on, but um, – can't forget the guy on the kickoff, the kick return guy for Kentucky, man. He's pretty good. He can bring it to the house. Yeah, special teams will be a, a major factor for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's a, that's a facet of the game you need to win, no doubt. That is a facet of the game. You Beamer ball needs to shine bright Saturday night for sure. I think, um, I also think, you know, with Levis, if it's just a finger, man, I, I see him playing. I, they may put the uh, freshman kid in, but if they get behind, they're going to bring him in. It's just a dis- dislocated finger. I mean, I see him playing. And also, if I see – my opinion is if I see Rattler get down in the first half, I think we should bench him. But though the end, what's it going to hurt? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I made the point I made about Luke Doty. I, I'm all for if they're going to start him or they're going to ch- – but I don't – I just don't see that happening, man. You, you – you, you went out there, you sold out to get Spencer Rattler. NIL's a thing. I, I can assure you he didn't come here for free. So, you you, you, you invested everything to go get Spencer Rattler. They're not going to bench him. <laughs> they're just not, man. Uh, unless he gets injured, yeah. they're not. So, my, my point with Luke Doty was simply, you know, and you, you got these high and mighty folks about, be a teammate. Be, dude, it's a business. Don't don't waste a year of your career playing garbage time snaps in games that are out of hand out already anyways. If they're going to give him a real opportunity to play in a game that matters and when the score matters, then cool, I get that. But I just have an open, honest conversation about coach. Like, listen, man, I, I value my my college experience and my and my years I have to play, and I don't want one of my years to be for. 25 pass attempts and a couple, couple rushing attempts, and that, that's it. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I just – you know, I, I hear what you're saying. L- listen, I, I would – and I will eat crow if so, 
But I can tell you this, my guy, I would not have made Beamer Rattler merchandise if I thought there was even a remote chance they would bench him. So I, I just think Doty brings another. I think Doty brings another dimension to the game. I mean, he the guy can throw the ball. He's, well, you know, for, for for Marcus Satterfield's dog shit scheme, Luke Doty is a good fit. I I will not deny that. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, I just for, that's why I said it in the first place that I think with what Sat's been calling, and maybe it looks different this week, but. If the plans to dink and dunk and swing past him to death while also being dynamic in the run game, well, having a quarterback that can also keep it, that makes you more dynamic in the run game. So, I, I, again, I, I'm not calling for – because when it comes to the best overall quarterback on the roster, I, I think Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback on the roster, hands down. It's not even close. I, I really do. Yeah. But but we're not we're not throwing the ball down the field. We're not doing things – that he does well. I, I just, you know, anybody on our roster can throw a swing pass. Anybody can. Literally. Ain't nobody exactly. in the SEC that can't exactly. throw a swing pass. Yeah, that's why I say I just think Doty brings another dimension to the game. You know, Rattler may come out and just show out. But, you know, if he comes out flat and not playing playing like we have been playing against quality teams, and then I, I would say benching. I would put him on the bench. And maybe that's what he needs. Maybe, maybe it gives him a – a rain check, using a check of reality, you know? You know, if last year in Oklahoma didn't give him a check of reality, my friend, I don't think there's any hope for him. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah, that, that's true. Well, I won't hold you up, man. I'm at work. I'm just finishing up my break, and thought I'd give you a shot real quick and give you my two cents, and I hope we win. I hope we're wrong, but I still got Kentucky. I had to yeah. change my prediction. I got it a 31-30, but no game pops. So let's, let's see what we can do. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the insight and the banter, man, truly. Looking forward to Saturday. Great stuff. And, again, we got J.C. Sherbert on the other side, or, excuse me, you know, up uh, in a couple of minutes. You know, I, I guys, I, I'll eat crow if it's necessary, but I'm telling you right now, there ain't no damn way Spencer Rattler's getting benched. I mean, there ain't no way. He, he would have to literally play – so abysmally that I, I don't even know if abysmally is a word. He would have to be so abysmal. I, I just I don't see it, and I'm and I'm not calling for it. I'm not calling for it either, right? The backup quarterback's always the most popular guy on campus. I I, I get that, and it's so funny, man, because these these same folks that want Rattler benched that are calling for Doty, bro. A lot of them are the same ones that said last year that Luke Doty wasn't even an SEC QB. So, <laughs> I mean, make up your mind, my guy. Make up your mind. Anyways. Anyways. Guys, like I said, 115, we're going to get J.C. Sherbert on. Really excited to hear his thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and fire him the link over. <clears throat> like I said, guys, the most intriguing thing to me, the most intriguing thing is the battle in the trenches and the battle of Kentucky's porous run offense against our porous run defense. The Cats being dead last in rushing offense, South Carolina 13th in stopping the run. Something has to give on Saturday night. 
what will it be? Who has their breakout game? I think one of those two units is going to show out. I just don't know who it is. So, anyways. Waiting on J.C. Sherbert to jump on. Jonathan Bowers says he's got Kentucky beating South Carolina 28-17. That's fair. And I will say, by the way, uh, I think it was Chase that made the point. You know, you think about it. Levis being out a big deal, but Levis didn't beat you last year. It was the run game. Kentucky ran, I think, for like 240 yards. You ran for 56 or something. So, I mean, this series has been all about the trenches, man. It's been all about physicality. It's been all about getting a push. And, uh, yeah, we will see if that is the case yet again this year. All right, let's go ahead and get him on, guys. A minute early, he joins us every single Thursday. Really excited to chat with him ahead of Saturday's game. A big one for the Gamecocks and for Kentucky as well. And he's not in his normal setup because he is in Lexington, Kentucky on the Bourbon Trail. J.C. joins us. J.C., what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, just right here on Ah, am I in? Yeah, you're in. You're Hello. in. What's up? Hello. There we go, man. My bad. I'm on, I'm on I-64 heading towards Lexington from Louisville. Uh, I got three bars, so I think I'm good for now. Awesome, awesome. Well, JC, again, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Safe travels to you and yours. I see the uh, you got the puppy in the background, so I'm sure it's a full family affair. But, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and jump right into this thing, J.C. You know, talking, you know, South Carolina State, Charlotte, the quote-unquote cupcake part of the schedule is in the books. You know, and you move back into SEC play. The big news, obviously, that took social media by storm last night is the status of Will Levis. Uh, the line in Vegas has dropped from 10, 10 and a half, all the way down to six. Anything specifically you're hearing on the Kentucky quarterback and his status for Saturday? Uh, I think it's highly questionable if he plays. Just based on – this is not inside information from Kentucky necessarily. It's more uh, – I sort of know who their media are that uh, are connected. Uh, and it's sort of an impression I get from what they're saying. Uh, also, the guys in Vegas, Chris, it's their job to, to learn these things, you know, way before we do. Uh, <laughs> so they can adjust that line. And they all took it off the board last night. It was around 10 and a half and came back at 6. And so I, I, I tend to think it, it's, you know, he may go, but I, I, I tend to think it's pretty questionable if he, if he plays tomorrow night. I think that's a huge break for the Gamecocks because if you think about 2022 Kentucky, okay, their whole offense runs through Will Loves. Uh, he's making throws. He's hitting the perimeter. He's doing things with his feet. Uh, offensive line, they're not as good at running. Replace him with somebody who hadn't taken a snap uh, in SEC play, who's a redshirt freshman from uh, right here in the state of Kentucky. So, uh, to me, that would be a tremendous advantage for the Gamecocks uh, if, if what I consider to be, if not their very best player on offense, one of them, a top two, uh, at a critical position like quarterback. I, uh, given their offensive line issues, given the fact that I think Carolina can get pressure. Uh, given the fact, I don't, I don't know that they're necessarily going to line up and run it all over South Carolina, like many people think. 
Um, you take him out of the equation, uh, all of a sudden that equation changes, uh, I think, quite significantly for this football game. Yeah, you mentioned the way, J.C., that Will Levis has carried Kentucky, and that's because the Wildcats rank dead last in the conference in rushing offense. How surprising is that statistic to you? Because I tell you, I saw that early this week, and I nearly couldn't believe it because you think about Mark Stoops' coach football teams, the physicality and the toughness and the run game, right, what their identity is and the way they pushed the Gamecocks around seven of the eight last years when they won how surprising is it to you that Kentucky's taking such a major step back in the running game? It's somewhat surprising. You know, when Rod, with Rodriguez out, you know, you, you take him off the field, you're going to take a hit. But Cavassier smokes a good back, and right. Levis is running it. And, uh, I, I think that it's one of those things, Chris, where Kentucky has recruited very well on the offensive line the last couple of cycles, right? But as we all know – you don't just step in as a true freshman, no matter how talented you are, or as a redshirt freshman, uh, and replace some of those fourth and fifth year guys they've had uh, and not miss a beat. Uh, plus, they've been banged up. My understanding is their right tackle, uh, the starting right tackle, uh, will probably miss this game uh, this week for Kentucky as well. Um, so they're going to have a, another new face out there. Now, I think I think that new face may be a five star true freshman that they got out of Indiana this past class, but I, I think they're a year or two away up front uh, from getting back to where they were. Um, and that along with Rodriguez um, and, and really sort of a, while it's kind of the same idea of a system, it is uh, another new system that they installed with their new offensive coordinator after Liam Cohen left last year. So uh, I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Now, can they line up and run the ball uh, uh, Saturday night? Yes. Uh, I, I think that uh, South Carolina has to prove they can stop the run. Uh, and you got to get Rodriguez on the ground. He's a tackle-breaking machine, right? Um, but uh, it did surprise me when I started digging in and seeing, well, you know, 14th out in the whole league, that's not uh, too terribly strong. You mentioned Rodriguez, J.C., and his return. Uh, over 70 yards last week in his first game back against Ole Miss. And uh, a crazy statistic, averaging 7.6 yards per carry in his career against South Carolina. Uh, just talk about how big of a return you think that is for Kentucky. And and obviously, priority number one, I think, for Clayton White's defense has got to be stopping him. Yes, you have to tackle well tomorrow night. Uh, because even if you're in perfect position, uh, even if you try to get him on the ground, he can break tackles. He's one of the... That, that's kind of what makes him, Chris, as a back. Quick feet, downhill runner, likes to run with power, and, and is a excellent elite tackle breaker. I don't know what it is about South Carolina. I don't know what South Carolina did to him. Uh, he's from the state of Georgia, so maybe he's mad that they didn't recruit him. Uh, but that guy is a Gamecock killer. I mean, he goes off. Uh, you could put him up there with Darren McFadden and Matt Jones from Arkansas. And, you know, you name your player, Charlie Whitehurst. Whoever has had a great career against South Carolina, you know, you can add Chris Rodriguez to that. But, you know, he's also running behind the last two or three years a veteran offensive line that, you know, was quite talented, probably top three in the in the SEC. Uh, this is just his second game back. Mark Stoops did say this week he's still working his way back into game shape. Um, you know, so at home, night game, he'll be fired up, ready to go. They're going to be relying on him to carry them, I think. Uh, 
the, the athletic, uh, I mean, sorry, the, the, the idea that they may get in the wildcat a little bit kind of frightens me. But uh, as we all, we're all scared of that, right? But, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's, it's just a different, I mean, there's 11 guys on the field. It's a different offensive unit than maybe the Gamecocks faced last year when Rodriguez basically ran at will at williams Bryce. Now, J.C., Kentucky's dominated this series of late, right? Seven of the last eight they have won. I'll ask you this. Are South Carolina fans making too much of this game this weekend? Because you, you talk to different people, and many folks are labeling this the most important game of the season, and, and it feels like the season's sort of at a tipping point for a lot of people. But I ask you, do you feel like folks are putting too much stock in this one, or is the pressure and the – I don't even know the word for it, but 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 is the is the mood around this game is it warranted? Is it that big of a deal? I, I think it's more of a all right. So so yes, I, I feel like people have made too big of a deal out, out of it. But I, I think I said this on the show Wednesday, Chris. It doesn't really matter what I think <laughs> because uh, it's taken on the life of its own. Right. People are sick of seeing bad offense, and people are sick of losing to Kentucky. I mean, that's just something that. Uh, Drives Gamecock fans crazy, so it's all kind of come to a head right now. If they were playing Texas A&M this week, I don't know that there wouldn't be some cautious optimism. But I think that uh, you know, here you go again with this team that, even when you're a better team than they are, they tend to make you look bad, right? Uh, make you look sloppy, make you make mistakes. Uh, make you go through a game where you're quarter. I mean, all kinds of craps happen. And, and I think the concern is, oh, God, here you go again uh, with this. And this is not setting up good. And, you know, and, and it kind of magnified everything that was maybe negative uh, against Charlotte and SC State. Um, just any, any little thing has been magnified. Uh, and I think it's just because of frustration. South Carolina loses Saturday night. Uh, depending on how they look on offense, there, there may be some soul searching that has to take place, right? But there's still six more games. Uh, and, and you don't just throw in the towel after six. That's only half the season. Um, you go and you try to get it better and try to win and all that. So it's not over. But um, I, I think the one thing, too, Chris, is this. People have to keep in mind, how big of a win would it be? Levis or no Levis, you know, just getting, getting a win at Kroger Field or Commonwealth Stadium, whatever you want to call it. Uh, would be huge. That hasn't happened, gosh, since 2012. And in that game, Carolina played a terrible Kentucky team. Uh, they were down 17-7 and a half. And I think the second half, they just gave it to Marcus Lattimore 48 times and ended up winning about 21. But it's been a a, a big bunch of frustration, you know, up, uh, up here. I mean, there, you go all the way back to 04 when Mike Rath had to save the day against a bad Kentucky team. And those two 24-17 wins under Spurrier, the one with, where Steven Garcia got put in the game and played outstanding uh, out of kind of nowhere. And Captain Munderland made a big player. The other one when Savelle Newton with the, the, the reverse pass at the end to put it on ice uh, where Ron Cooper got called out in the postgame. I mean, so much stuff's happened up here that, uh, you know, in terms of just weirdly close games that I, I think Gamecock fans and for the program a, a big, uh, a nice win and, or any win at all. Uh, would serve to kind of alleviate some of that frustration. 
Yeah, a wildcat-sized monkey on the back for sure, JC. You can exercise sort of some of those demons up there in Lexington. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit of Kentucky defense, JC, and just what you see from them because I'm looking at the numbers. Fifth in the SEC, giving up 14.8 points per game. They've given up just two passing touchdowns all season long. Now, they are eighth in the conference in rushing yards per game, but I love their linebackers. I know that one of their guys is out this week uh, with injury. And, of course, again, it's a Mark Stoops coach team. They're going to be known for physicality, toughness. What do you see from the Kentucky defense and what South Carolina will have to combat uh, on Saturday night? Well, I've been calling Kentucky a spider web team because they kind of get you in their web and kill you. Right, you know, you, you look up and all of a sudden, you know, you're like, man, you should be winning this game by 21 and you're tied. Uh, and a lot of it's because of their very physical, opportunistic defense. Now, one thing they do not do, uh, as well as maybe some other Kentucky teams in the past, is rush the passer. Uh, quarterbacks have had time. Um, you know, I, I think their secondary is probably un very underrated, Chris, in the grand scheme of things. I think they're very opportunistic. They play together. Uh, they do force turnovers. They'll drop guys into coverage, and you won't see them coming. Uh, the, the most elite portion of this defense, though, for the Wildcats is definitely the linebacking core. And then again, you know, Jaquez Jones, who was probably their best linebacker last year when he came in from Ole Miss, was off to a great start this year, probably not playing tomorrow night. So who's his replacement going to be? Uh, will, will that the individual will be able to – come in and play at that high level. I mean, I like a lot of the other guys they have too, not just Jones. Um, I, I think they're all pretty much elite, but uh, uh, that's another hole that they're going to have to fill tomorrow night. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, South Carolina has the talent to match up with this defense, no question. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, you have to get the ball in your playmaker's hands, just like we've said for every game this year. Uh, and, and if you do that, and you execute, you don't, and Spencer Rattler does not make mistakes in the passing game. You don't turn it over because they will turn you over. Uh, there's no reason why South Carolina can't have a successful game. I, I'm just not buying that they're running into the, the great wall of Kentucky up here. You know, I, I just I just think, yes, it's a nice defense. It's opportunistic. They do have talent. They have future NFL guys. They're banged up at some position, but they don't rush the passer that well. Um, you know, they, they are very fundamentally sound. Uh, so you got to kind of out scheme them, but, but player for player, you know, there's no reason why South Carolina can't go up there with the players they have and make enough plays to win the football game Saturday night. Now, JC, I think obviously the elephant in the room, the thing making fans, uh, cautiously or just cautious, I should say about the game on Saturday is the offensive side of the football and, you know, you're able to take some positives from Charlotte and SC state, but what does it all really mean? I'll ask you this, JC. Is there anything that you feel like you can confidently point to that tells you we're going to see something different than what we've seen basically all year on the offensive side, especially against the better competition? The only thing you can really point to, Chris, is that, it, you know, as, as us, as content creators and analysts and fans and uh, people that talk, talk it for a living and love it and live it and breathe it outside of the locker room, those games against SC State and Charlotte, you know, barring perfection, we're going to get picked apart. Uh, I understand that. Uh, that's just part of the game. For players, though, it's a little different. It's kind of one of those things where, hey, yeah, we didn't play a very good team, but, man, it felt great to rush for 169 yards finally 
I've been waiting to do this for two years. You know, yeah, that team wasn't all that great. But, hey, man, I, I, I caught a couple of long passes, got back in the flow of the offense like Jaheim Bell last week, um, you know, with Rattler. Yeah, it wasn't great, but I think I made some great decisions, checking out a run plays, getting us in the right play, all that good stuff. You get better at football. The best way to get better at football is to play in games against other teams. It's a gladiator sport, especially in college. You don't have scrimmages. You don't have practice games. You're just out there doing it, you know. Uh, and so I think there is some individual confidence uh, and individual um, development over those two games that you can point to to say, hey, you know, these guys go up here and play well and play with confidence. They have a shot. Now, I'm not talking about the coaching or the game plan or the play calling or anything like that. When I'm talking about this, I'm talking about just the players. Uh, your Marshawn Lloyd, your Juice Wells, your Gene Bells. Uh, of the world, Christian Bill Smith, Spencer Rattler, the offensive line, uh, Austin Stogner, those guys. Um, yeah, I, I think I think confidence is a big part of this game, and uh, I think I think with those two half a hundred games, you could point to that and say, hey, uh, this could be a good sign. Now, when you look at South Carolina defensively, JC, what they need to do again. I mentioned Chris Rodriguez and his success against the Gamecocks, and you look at just last year. You know, Kentucky. And I think we just lost JC. Let's see. Can we get him back? There he is. Okay. You got your back. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Somebody, somebody called me. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> All good. All good. I was like, oh, goodness. Uh, no. So, anyways, on the defensive side, uh, how you expect Carolina to attack Kentucky? You look at last year, obviously. You know, Will Levis being out is a big deal. But you look at last year, Levis isn't what beat them on that side of the ball. It was that rushing attack and Kentucky running for, I think, a little bit over 240 yards or what have you. And Chris Rodriguez ran wild. And, and J.C., I've got just nightmares of Kentucky running backs from Rodriguez to Benny Snell to all those other guys they've had over the years. Yeah. How would you attack Kentucky? Because it, this really is, you know, I, I think the most intriguing battle in this football game, J.C., is you look, you've got Kentucky, who's dead last in the conference in rushing offense. And then you got the Gamecocks, who were 13th in the conference in rushing defense. So I'll ask you, what gives on Saturday night? I, I think if Levis doesn't play, it, 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 you know, there's no reason why it can't be uh, Kentucky. Uh, South Carolina's defense not giving. Look, man, here's the thing, too. I'll, I'll get back to this uh, again. It's not the same offensive line that they've had. Uh, South Carolina has the same defensive line and the same guys that, that we keep saying need to step up. They need to step up, not just the D-line, the linebackers. I mean, you know, Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green have been there 175 years, okay? They play Kentucky 17 times and one too, right? So, I mean, they, they need to get it out there and tackle well and, and quit letting this guy make them look bad, Right. Uh, I honestly think uh, Clayton White, if it's a, if it's the reserve quarterback, uh, you really need to kind of sell out, stop the run, don't fall for any gadget plays because I think they'll try to throw some at you early uh, and then get to the money down and go after it. Uh, you remember the one game South Carolina won in this series in 2019? What happened in that football game? Kentucky couldn't get a pass off. They didn't have a quarterback and he went for 65 yards right so <laughs> six carries uh but they hadn't figured out to put their receiver quarterback yet so you know south got a one going away because they couldn't move the ball and they got pressure on that quarterback couldn't complete a pass it was a 24-7 win in columbia you could kind of follow that kind of idea where you know you're you're 
getting after it, not letting them, refuse to let them run the ball on early downs to set up manageable down-and-distance play calls and then force that kid to pass um, and then come after him. You know, you may give up a long one or two uh, here and there because they do have good receivers, but chances are, you know, if you can get pressure on him, you can heat him up. Uh, it's going to be a long night in the passing game for the Wildcats. You know, JC, I think what's so interesting, I think a lot of times sports fans, we make too much of numbers and trends and history, right? Because it really don't mean a whole lot what happened 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Like, we're talking about the 2022 Kentucky Wildcats against the 2022 South Carolina Gamecocks. And so, if you look at this game from a tunnel vision perspective, like you just look at these two teams and you look at just everything. There we go. J.C. Muschamp Hackers, I apologize. Anyways, uh, yeah, anyways, if you look at the game just from a scope of this year, these two teams, the numbers that go into this game, and especially the way Kentucky's banged up, I feel like there are a lot of reasons that South Carolina fans should be optimistic about the odds of going into Kroger Field or whatever the name of the stadium is and getting a W. However, it's hard to ignore the numbers and the trends because I feel like we felt this same way year after year after year against the Wildcats. And for whatever reason, every single year, at least seven of the last eight, the Cats have got the better of you. I mean, you think of that, you think of eight straight SEC road losses and the Gamecocks have failed to cover the spread in seven of the eight of those. Do you feel like South Carolina fans should be a little bit more optimistic going into this one? Because from what I can tell, the mood of the fan base, a lot of people I see are, are picking a double-digit loss. And I think there are a lot of reasons that point to, uh, you know, reasons folks should be optimistic that this truly is a toss-up game and that, you know, all things considered, South Carolina should be able to take advantage of a depleted Kentucky team and get a big win on the road. Oh, absolutely. Now, and look, here's the thing. Yes, I think South Carolina fans should give the team more of a chance. Uh, yes, I was a little stunned by some of the extreme negativity this week. I, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe you'd be a little ho-hum, but some of it's just uh, crazy, I thought. Um, you'd think they'd lost to South Carolina State, really. Um, and so, yeah, I, I get that. But at the same time, I don't blame them. I mean – Look, one thing Shane Beamer has to do, and this is Shane Beamer's job, right? Because a lot of people lump 18 games of the Beamer era into the Muschamp era to the last Spurrier year, and it's all the same thing to them, right? Uh, they're really separate things. But you see some of the same trends. Can't stop the run on defense. Bad offense. What the hell play calling? You know, that kind of thing. And so, I mean, the same thing's been happening. And so, Chris, I, 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 I don't blame them. This, this fan base has had the rug pulled out from under it. Time and time, um, job is to stop that and to, to take advantage of big moments and don't have, like, any more games like the Missouri game last year where you're sitting there going – Wow, that was that was just a total letdown after beating Florida by 23. Or the Clemson game where you get shut out and embarrassed and give up a million rushing yards and you know they only pass for 99 yards. It still beats you just like they beat all the Muschamp teams. Those things are what I think this fan base is looking 
to, to, to reverse, okay? Reverse this thing with Kentucky, right? And Kentucky people probably tell you the same thing about Tennessee. Because as bad as Tennessee's been for the last nine years, they're seven and two against Mark Stoops in Kentucky. So I don't know what it is about them having Kentucky's number and vice versa. But, uh, you know, there, there's just certain times where, I mean, you can ask uh, uh, Bob Stoops and uh, Lincoln Riley and Brent Venables about Kansas State right now. You know, uh, that's a team that's had their their number. So uh, I think solving things like this Kentucky situation, taking advantage of big moments, and tomorrow night is a big moment. It's a chance for the first SEC win, first SEC road win against a team that has a crowd in the stands uh, since 2019 at Georgia. Uh, and, and it's a team that South Carolina fans are sick to death of losing to, and it's a team that's wounded right now. And so it sets up pretty well, right? But we all know that that doesn't matter. And, and sometimes that happens. So, um, and, you know, it, it, Lady Bree here makes a good point. Uh, South Carolina did give that game away. I mean, I, I talked to some coaches after that game. They felt they should have won the football game at Williams-Rice last year against these guys. So um, maybe that kind of gives you some confidence going in that, uh, hey, let one slip away last year. You know, let's go beat them this year. Now, JC, the interesting thing, you've had extra time to get ready on the South Carolina side of things because of moving your game against SC State Thursday night. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, JC, because I've gone on record and said that this is the game for me. If South Carolina goes out and looks anemic offensively, I will officially have just lost all hope and faith that Marcus Satterfield can get it turned around. And I feel like I've been as patient as any, if not patient the most. Your thoughts, if that's to happen, I feel like this is the make-or-break game for Marcus Satterfield. Well, yeah, and, and, and you've been you've been more patient than I mean than me actually. Uh, I'm I've just I've had a lot of questions about the NFL side of things, the the plan. You know, does this fit this program? Why why would you ever want to run an offense? It takes 18 games to get down pat in college football. You know, there's a lot of questions. And, and you know, there's some of the, the things you hear about this, that, and the other. You know, Jaheim Bell, okay, over the summer, he's not a tight end. That was what Mark – I didn't say that. Mark Satterfield said that. All right, well, now they're challenging you – know, we got to challenge him to be a complete tight end. Well, I thought you said he wasn't a tight end. I mean, you know, why, why, why does a player like Juice Wells have a breakout game, you know, who I think Juice is special, okay? I, I know he's special, right? Why does he have a breakout game in the next game? He gets no targets against uh, Georgia. Um, you know, and it seems like guys will have a big game and the next day and they disappear, and I don't, I don't understand that. All that said, it can be reversed, okay? So so either I'm either either my initial thoughts were right about this and it's just a dumpster fire and it's too complicated and they have no business running this style of offense in South Carolina ever, or I'm wrong and it'll start to click and be great, you know? And I'll gladly take wrong at this point but i think tomorrow night is a big big huge gigantic uh test uh for for satterfield in the offense because i think you know people are just sick of seeing bad offense around here and when you when you look at the personnel use and you, and you look at the questions as to why the playmakers can't get the ball and you bring in a spencer rattler and you're talking about it's going to take him five or six games to learn all this well well then why'd you bring him in i mean you know why, why not go get a guy that can you know, like Mike Max Johnson essentially played in this system last year at LSU. 
why was Rattler the pick? You know, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't match sometimes. But I'm willing to throw all that away uh, if they start clicking because I think they got daggum good players. Uh, I think you know, you look at the roster, you look at the depth chart this year. This is a year to still make some things happen. Okay, uh, given the older players on the team, uh, whatever. So uh, I'm willing to throw it away. But yeah, somebody's right, and somebody was not right, and I'll gladly be wrong. Uh, and trade my wrongness. I've been wrong all year anyway. It doesn't matter. So for a, a turnaround, a big night on offense tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, JC, you make a great point. There's so much football left to be played in this season, and the Gamecocks sit exactly where we all picked them to be, basically, for the most part, through five weeks. Yet the attitude and, and the overall vibe is just not what we thought because of, like you mentioned, the offensive struggles at this point. But all of that can be solved. All of that can go away, like you mentioned, with a victory Saturday night. And I feel like if I'm picking things up correctly from you, it seems like you're a bit optimistic going into Saturday night. So I'll give you the floor if you want to lock in a prediction or just I'd love to hear your overall thoughts of, you know, how you think things are going to go under the lights at Kroger Field. All right, so if, if Will Levis does not play, I'm, I'm going to operate under the assumption he's not. If he right. does, ah, it could be a toss-up because that guy's got – he's got special arm talent to where you can, you can defend the play right and he makes this unreal throw and then that's a touchdown. So, uh, But if he does not play, uh, I think South Carolina's defense has a, a very good game. Uh, I think the offense does enough. I think the game guys can win like 24-13, and that's me being conservative. Uh, honestly, it, it could be a pretty significant win given, you know, all, all these teams in the SEC, Chris, besides Alabama and Georgia, maybe, I'm not even including A&M in this, they can't afford injuries like this. You know, they don't have the depth that Alabama's got. Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia, they've kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room with regards to quality depth. Um, and Kentucky's dealing with just – some of their, if you rank their top five, ten players, they could be without three or four of them. And, and you know, uh, home, away, neutral, you know, play it in China. I don't care. You're healthy besides the guys that are out for the year. If you're the Gamecocks, uh, you've got good playmakers. You've got a good quarterback. Uh, you know, you keep hearing you got a good coaching staff and good coaching scheme of things. So, go up there and make it happen. I mean, take advantage of the opportunity uh, given because it, uh, it it could turn into something that kind of springboards you for the rest of the year. So I'm, I'm picking the Gamecocks. Uh, hopefully I'm not wrong. Like I said, hadn't been the best year picking games for me. But uh, I, I've been more – even before the, the Levis news, Chris, I was relatively confident the Gamecocks could come up here and play with these guys. Yeah, I, I think it's a toss-up game. I, I really do, JC. I'll, I'll lock in my pick when I record tomorrow's podcast later today. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm on the fence about it. I really am. I mean, I think it's a toss-up game, and I mean, I think we all agree, and I mean, I hate to talk in, in this sort of uh, negative tone, if you will, but I think we all agree. If, if this team goes up, there's just no excuse to go there and lay an egg. Let me just say that. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for the Cats to cover the original line of 10 and a half. Oh, that, goes, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic and positive. And, again, you mentioned the injuries, and I just don't know that the Cats can overcome that. But uh, we will see. Last thing, J.C., before I get you out of here, I can't get you in here without talking some recruiting. Is there anything, uh, anything, any buzz on the recruiting trail? I know it's kind of right now we're all focused on the season. But uh, 
any, anything notable from uh, the recruiting side of things? Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to mention this. Uh, uh, our friends over at Own 3 uh, got a lot of respect for uh, their national recruiting team. I, in my career, I've worked with a lot of those guys. Uh, I think they really know ball. Uh, if you look, Bakari Swain, who's a commitment of the Gamecocks, uh, from Carroll to Georgia is one of their top ten athletes in the country, a four-star guy. They moved him up. I think it's a great evaluation. I think Gamecock fans should really pay attention to that because he's good and he's fast. Um, the Nicholas Harbor sweepstakes continues. I know uh, Michigan people feel relatively good, but Gamecock people feel relatively good as well. Um, I think sometimes when you're recruiting a five-star player and you're recruiting against Michigan – and the kid's not from South Carolina, or even if he is, you get a little, a little nervous, you know, because it's uh, the tradition up there and all that. Um, but the Gamecocks are right there uh, for him. Uh, intriguing player out of Florida, Edwin Joseph, who's also a top 10 athlete, uh, going to visit Carolina, kind of a, a South Florida late bloomer sleeper kind of guy. Uh, keep an eye on him, too. I think the Gamecocks are going to make a move there, and get him on campus and kind of see what happens. But the good news is even – with some of the quote-unquote negativity or whatever, yeah, guys like Pup Howard, who are already committed in this class, Dante Reno, who's the 2024 quarterback committed in this class, um, they've continued to be positive on social media, to interact with other recruits, uh, and to keep that part of it rolling. Uh, and I always tell people, recruits are not fans. They don't look at it the same way. Uh, you know, you're, you're better to go out and lose. Your team loses 52 nothing. Uh, well, while they're all sitting there, then you are for your fans to throw your, your backup left tackle under the bus on Twitter, <laughs> you know, because uh, that, that could negatively impact things more so than a loss. So uh, I think things are going very well. I, uh, I really still like the offensive line class, like the two edge players uh, that they have committed, and uh, I think they got a lot of upside. And You know, I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do in the portal. I think probably hit the portal for some receivers. Again, I know – if there is an edge they can get, Chris, they're going to probably go try to get him because uh, that position's thin. Maybe linebacker too this year, but I don't know that for sure. So uh, I, I think recruiting is going outstanding. And by the way, to your your, your friends here, I'm not driving. I'm in the passenger seat. So uh, they seem really they seem really concerned that you're they, they seem really concerned that you're driving. I don't know. I, I think they yeah. Really, I was like, no, no, yeah. I'm not, I am. I, I'm not driving. I'm not driving. Yeah, so, my, you know, I, you know that's anyway. why. That's, that's why. Uh, I that's the recruiting. And I, I still feel very good about. It. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah. JC. That's why I love my audience because they leave no stone unturned. They notice everything. So, uh, keep you on your toes for sure. But JC, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you. Obviously, safe travels uh, as you guys head up there to Lexington and definitely bring home the dub, man. I appreciate you as always. Hey, thank you, Chris. Talk to you next week, buddy. Take care. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff with J.C. Sherbert. Really awesome. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break, but on the other side, we'll get in some final questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. Final seven minutes or so here on The Daily Crow. Appreciate you all tuning in. Guys, uh, not looking too far ahead, by the way. Next week, obviously, the schedule will be different uh, because it will be the bye week. So, 
I'll let you guys know what the deal is in regards to uh, the podcast schedule, TDC, all that stuff. Obviously, again, there will be no game because of the bye week. So, of course, that will change our schedule somewhat. I also want to say thank you to J.C. Sherbert for taking the time to chat. Always a pleasure talking ball with him and uh, always provides value to the Daily Crow for sure. Let's see. Travis says, have a great day, guys. Beat Kentucky. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Dirk the Goat brought this up earlier, by the way. Says that uh, I think he was like scoffing at the fact that I said I had been patient with Marcus Satterfield. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Dirk, I have. Yeah, for sure. I have not gone on some fire Satterfield tirade. I haven't led the fire sat chance or anything like that. I think I've given Marcus Satterfield as much benefit, benefit of the doubt as anybody out there. I defended him all last year, defended him all preseason because of personnel issues in year one. And I mean, dude, I feel like we have given Marcus Satterfield ample, ample time to show something on the offensive side. Bottom line, it comes down to having success. That, that, that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. So, yeah, I, I think I've been pretty patient. I think I've been pretty patient with Marcus Satterfield and uh, been much kinder to him than most of this fan base has. So, uh, my brother comments, are you coming home today? Yeah, I'll, I'll be home tonight, Stephen. Just FYI. Uh, I will be home tonight. Anyways, guys. Anyways, again, appreciate you all tuning in. We got five minutes to go. Yeah, J.C. Sherbert was not driving, guys. <laughs> J.C. was in the passenger. Wyatt Williams says, do you like Under Armour as our athletic gear supplier? Excuse me. Um, I, I'd love to see us switch to like Nike. I, I just feel like Nike's superior. I feel like there's a reason folks prefer Nike. Um, so, anyways, you know, I see, I see Lady Bree by the way in the chat, and I tell you what. I, I will give Lady Bree credit for, for the positive outlook and the positivity. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right again. You'll know my prediction tomorrow. But I, I, I will say this. J.C. Sherbert's on record. He's picking a win. He's picking a win. On Saturday night. Picking a win. So, um, you know, I, I do think there's reasons to be optimistic. I really do. If you take away, if you're able to take your your Carolina fandom out of it and you just look at this game, I, I'm not telling you that you should pick the Gamecocks, but I am telling you, like, you look at what Kentucky's realistically dealing with, with injuries, and I, there are reasons to say, to raise an eyebrow at minimum. There are reasons to raise an eyebrow and say, hmm, that one may not go the way some think. We got a text here. UK special teams, the kicking game specifically, was pretty horrendous last week at Ole Miss. Is this a week that Beamer Ball makes a huge difference in the outcome of the game? I'd hope so. I'd love to see that. Um, it can be. I mean, listen, you go, you go on the road, and uh, you know, you, you go on the road, and and uh, you're trying to steal a game. Yeah, you, you need to win two of the three facets. Normally, two of the three facets that gives you. That gives you a good chance. So, you know, Beamer Ball could play huge. Lady Bree says, Chris, now you're up. I, Lady Bree, I will lock in my prediction tomorrow. Don't rush me. Don't rush me now. 
Because I really don't know. I, Lady Bree, I really don't know. I think it's a close game. I can tell you that no matter what. I mean, I, I locked in on I locked in on uh, Gamecocks plus 10 and a half. I, I really do think it's a toss-up type of ball game. I think it's a really, really close game. But Lady Bree, no, you did not miss my prediction. I, I have not I have not locked in anything yet. Of course, every Friday is when I lock in my predictions, our lead pipe lock of the week. So, I, you know, I, I, I really think this is a coin flip game. I, I really think it's a coin flip. I really do. I, I, I think you look at Kentucky's problems, and I, I, I just I don't know. I, I, I don't know. 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 I, I don't want to. I'll tell you this. I don't want to allow myself to get more optimistic than I should, right? Or, or get or get overly excited when when we've seen the history of this series. I think J.C. Sherbert, by the way, made a fantastic point. I think he did about the thing that folks are struggling with. And Alex McGrath made the point, right? But J.C. Sherbert reinforced it. The thing folks are struggling with the most. Like Shane Beamer has got to find a way to separate his era from the Muschamp era, and the end of the Spurrier era. He's got to find his thing, right? He does. And that's the problem with most folks, is that it still just looks the same. And I'm behind Shane Beamer 120%, but a lot of these results and a lot of the characteristics of our football team, now granted, it's all the same players. It's all the same players from the end of the Muschamp era. So, there are going to be some carryover things, but that needs to change. That needs to change. And I think that's been the biggest frustration for people to this point, at least. I see a comment from, I don't know who Dirk the Goat is, but he says, I really hope Beamer was calling you out in that press conference. Dirk the Goat, I hope he was too. I hope he was too. Because I tell you what, Dirk, man, if he was talking about TSUS, Man, it feels good to be good, Dirk. And it feels good to be the trending topic of conversation. Business is fucking booming, my guy. And I will leave you with that. Folks, y'all have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Take care.